Downtown Olathe welcomes to its sight line the new Johnson County Courthouse, completed and featuring some major improvements. On this episode, hear from those involved in the project, find out why it was necessary and the value it brings to our community. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Frieda, Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. This month, the county celebrated the completion of its new courthouse. We have with us some of those involved in this major project. And we'll also talk about how the county continues to provide court services largely in a virtual environment. Thanks for being here. If you can all introduce yourselves and what you do for the county, we'll go ahead and start with Joe and then go to Dan and Danny and then Catherine. Hello, my name is Joe Waters. I'm assistant county manager. I'm Dan Waymuller. I was the county's project manager inside facilities department. I'm Danny Livingston. I'm the director of planning, design, and construction, and I was the executive project um, manager for the courthouse. I am Catherine Stotts. I am the court administrator now working out of this courthouse. Right. Again, thank you all for being here. We're going to go ahead and start with Joe. Uh, we just want to know a little bit about why the courthouse project was at all necessary and kind of how we got to this point. The courthouse was built uh, in 1952, as I recall, then another addition in 54, an addition, I believe, in 68, another one in 72. I might be off a little bit by my years because there's been so many of them. Um, in the end, there's been five or six uh, additions to the old courthouse. Uh, it was built as a courthouse by name, but it was really built as the center and the location for all county services, as many of the, the um, traditional courts and, and, uh, and, and centers of county government have been for hundreds of years. Um, it has long since outlived that functionality. All of those other operations, the county government had been moved out um, and, and it was really been focused as was needed on courts, but it one was really unable to functionally perform in that role. We had, it, it was virtually impossible to keep inmates moving down public hallways from bumping into sometimes quite literally their victims um, or the families of victims, um, and then the, the same, the very same issues and problems with jurors, um, in, intermixing with uh, with the courts side of the world and the judges themselves. Um, the the those are structural things within a building that can't um, readily, um, with any reasonable amount of expense, be resolved. We also have a, a building, given the, its age, that was not really possible to make it comply literally with uh, the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act and certainly not um, in following the spirit of the ADA um, with full availability and accessibility to persons with disabilities for all services within the building. You combine that with just the basic age and the amount of um, capital investment that was needed to try to make it as usable as possible. It became very clear uh, that we would spend probably as much or nearly as much trying to make the existing building um, 
as functional as possible, not accomplish that and spend just about the same amount of money as building a new. And this uh, project was, was funded obviously by taxpayers, but required an extra step in, in getting those funds. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, the public was asked and, and did support a um, public safety sales tax, um, quarter cent for a 10 year period to fund the courthouse was the primary uh, project, but the Medi Johnson County Medical Examiner facility was also included in that. It opened in 2020 uh, and um, then the courthouse opened uh, just last week. So both of these projects that were promised with that quarter cent sales tax are, are complete and operational. And unlike most opening ceremonies, there was no ribbon cutting. There was no huge celebration in front of the, the structure. So can you talk about how we celebrated virtually this year? Well, I think there was a whole lot of celebration amongst this team of people that you are talking to here uh, over the last few months. But you're right. Um, uh, we had hoped at the onset of this project to have the kind of major public involvement and inclusion in a ribbon cutting as we have seen in the historic pictures of from the 50s um, of the, the last courthouse. This is um, for the people of this community and we really wish that we could have done it differently. Um, but the ongoing pandemic and, and not knowing really for sure when large groups could gather in the future, um, we, we opted to go to a virtual uh, ribbon cutting. Uh, it was, I, I hope, as good as we could, could make it. We, uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court uh, was, was here to speak and we so appreciated her, her presence and her words. Um, a number of our dignitaries and key people that have been involved in making this happen um, and we, we put a nice video together that we, we hope everyone um, goes and has a look at. It is a great way to see the building and understand a little bit about it. Um, and and then, you know that, that's where we are. We do hope as the building becomes fully open in the future uh, that people come to visit us, not, not just coming in for business. Um, it will be a busy place when it reopens uh, fully, but um, we're very proud of the building and wish we could have had everyone here uh, for a ribbon cutting. All right. And we will have a link to the very nice video that that's a great virtual tour. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Uh, just to talk a little bit about the structure itself, Dan and Danny, can you talk about um, how this project went? It was a design build project. It started um, with the taxpayers approving this in November of, 20, of November of 2016. Immediately following that, um, the county went out and hired an owner's rep and also a criteria package consultant. There was a tremendous amount of time and effort put together meeting with all occupants of the building and maintenance and other uh, parties involved associated with the project the summer of 2017. We developed a 100-page criteria package uh, document that was used to um, hand off to a design build team. Um, we had interviews in the uh, fall of 2017 and hit the ground running um, immediately after. Hire, we hired Jay Dunn, 
uh, Pinterest and Trainer Architects as the uh, design build team and um, worked diligently through the following years up until recently uh, to complete and to design, construct and complete the building. And that, that sales tax approval that we're discussing, you know, was in November of 16. Here we are just, you know, 50 months later, and we've gone from the approval of a sales tax to a fully functioning and open courthouse. We were 26 months from groundbreaking to substantial completion. So it was a fast project. It was an efficient project. When you drive past it, it's, it's a massive building. It's extremely impressive to see. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of those features, maybe speaking to some of the, the needs that, that Joe discussed? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll start off and talk about the interior of the building. Function was the priority um, and responding to our project goals and, and meeting the, uh, and exceeding the deficiencies in the old courthouse. Wayfinding was important, accessibility is important, um, circulation important associated with between inmates, public, and staff, and also making sure that the courtrooms were designed in such a way that um, anyone walking in associated with staff could utilize that courtroom uh, with all its features. So we're very proud of how operationally the building flows and, and is um, zoned for the public to visit the building and staff to work in the building. Dan, you want to talk about some of the features? Yeah, the, at the exterior, the intent was to build something of a civic significance, a modern courthouse that speaks to uh, society that can last for 75 years, you know, this is a once in a generation project. So it had to have every attribute that a modern building has in terms of its durability, the use of local limestone and very durable materials, uh, the ability to be energy efficient, the ability to um, evolve with time. You know, this is gonna last a hundred years. It can't be stuck in its ways. Um, I think from the exterior, what you see most prominently is a striking uh, ribbon wall of limestone uh, quarried from the Kansas Flint Hills that I think uh, gives it a very civic presence that is powerful and lets you know that you're in an important place, that this is a courthouse, is a place where important and significant events take place. All right, and I know in the virtual tour, you can see some of the technology that went into the building and uh, just you know things like the monitors for the jury boxes so you can clearly see evidence and things like that can you talk about some of those the state-of-the-art technology upgrades well that's certainly a project goal from the onset is to have a technologically advanced building that allows you to meet the modern needs of the court functions and i think the last year have shown us just how dependent we can be on technology so the idea of having universal uh capabilities in all the courtrooms, the ability to do remote hearings, the ability to bring in a remote witness who might be an expert, to give the jurors the best opportunity to view the evidence and make an informed decision. You know, we want this to be a seamless process where the technology supports, not limits what the courts can do. All right, the courthouse is done. People are all moved in and we still have to demolish the old courthouse and then also, um, create this, this space in place of that known as the county square. Can you talk about where we're at in that process? This is the month of January. Um, we are moving surplus and preparing the building to 
hand over to a uh, abatement company who will come in and abate the, uh, some of the materials in the building, make it safe for demolition. Demolition will begin March 1st. We anticipate the demolition being completed by the end of June, thereabouts of July. And um, immediately following that, we will start on the um, improvements of the county square uh, in front of the administration building and uh, across the street, we have the courthouse. So the, the square will be flanked by the, the new courthouse, our adult detention center and our administration building. The, um, we will be working on design at the, in the next coming weeks with the anticipation of that square being completed by uh, November. And I know a lot of public input went into the process to develop a design for that. Um, can you talk a little bit about where we landed in terms of, of what people can expect? We went through a extensive public engagement process where we established a steering committee and had a series of outreach programs and meetings with the public where we tried to gather all the information of what the public might want. And we were able to distill that into what we hope is a successful design that meets the goals of having a communal a gathering place that supports the functions of the buildings around it and the future development of the area, a real draw to the city. So that's our intent is to create an open space that has amenities that people uh, from young families to older citizens and everything in between would enjoy and would complement the environment. Although the, the courthouse is done and it is open, uh, most of the services are still being provided virtually at this time, as Joe mentioned, because of the pandemic. Catherine, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of what that looks like right now? Certainly. Uh, with, like you said, with the current conditions, we had hoped to, on January 4th, have uh, court services being open to the public, and obviously conditions have not allowed for that. What we can focus on are all the, the positive things that we've been able to do over the last 10 months. And then as we slowly move into phase two of our operations, which allows for in-person services again, you know, we've conducted over 67,000 hearings. So when people ask what, well, what are you doing if the building's open, but you're not having court in the courthouse? Our judges are actually able to take advantage of the technology in the new courtrooms and in their chambers to host virtual court. We had limited ability to do that in the old courthouse and a lot of judges actually were presiding from home because uh, it was easier to set up there than in the older courtrooms. And so we are able to do every single type of court hearing up until you get to a jury trial. And we have had a five-day trial to the bench that has occurred. There have actually been a couple bench trials in criminal cases that have occurred. Now, there are, there are still um, services for the clerk, uh, for the help center, for the district court trustee. Uh, the law library can do research for individuals not coming in. Uh, we hope to be open soon so that others can actually come in. And there's, there's still that need for in-person service, but we are not stopping the work of the court. We're continuing to do as much as we can virtually. All right. And if people have questions about the services that are available in person versus virtual, how do they reach out to you all to, to get that information? 
So we try to keep our website up to date. Uh, the, it is courts.jocogov.org. And we want to thank our GEMS department because we have asked them to do a lot to update our website. Uh, it can be in a moment's notice where we have a new administrative order. For the individuals that don't like reading administrative orders, we also have tried to have some pretty quick click-throughs that provide information about where to go. We have a chart of every single district judge and their uh, assistant and how to get a hold of individual district courts. Uh, if you have questions, same with magistrates. Uh, we have links to blue jeans all over the place. That is the system that we're using for virtual court. Uh, also, our clerk's office is available phone, email, fax. We'll actually be installing a Dropbox for people uh, for Supreme Court rule uh, that will allow people to hand deliver if, if you're uncomfortable sending through encrypted email. But all of that information, again, is on courts.jocogov.org. And if you're on the main JOCO website, which you probably are to find this podcast, there are links within the JOCO Gov website to get to the court's information. All right. Well, thank you and congratulations uh, for this project. I mean, it, it was a, a huge one and it's very impressive. And I know the community appreciates it. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Teresa. You just heard JOCO on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.